Welcome to Two Open Doors, the podcast that explores our power to open or close the doors of relationship with the important people in our lives. We hope you'll learn from and share your wisdom with our community. Thanks for joining us. Relationships are often complicated. They entail meeting the needs and goals of people beyond ourselves, people whose interests may sometimes take them in directions other than what we might prefer. The situation is complex enough in the case of a committed couple, but it can become downright daunting in the case of managing multiple deeply connected relationships. In this post, we'll explore some of the attitudes and behaviors that are necessary if one is to be able to nurture multiple simultaneous intimate relationships. Of course, this is a huge topic since it involves considering the broad terrain of polyamory. For this discussion, we'll confine ourselves to how to manage the interactions of multiple intimate partners. In any well-functioning relationship, it's crucial that the partners understand each other and know their current mental and emotional state. None of us are mind readers, and having to guess at what our partner is thinking and feeling is an unrealistic burden to take on. Even if we could correctly guess, which is often bound not to be the case, building trust requires that each partner feel heard, valued, and accepted. Achieving that requires that a partner feel free to express themselves and that they feel confident that their partner is interested in and supportive of what they have to share. That is, that their partner cares about them. This is where good communication enters the picture. More specifically, a sound, intimate relationship is dependent on well-developed listening skills and on kind and honest self-expression. Communication is a two-way street, and without these listening and sharing skills, communication cannot flow. Regular communication is the means through which partners come to know one another over time. Setting aside regular time to talk and to share experiences is crucial if partners are to stay in sync with one another. Such sharing can be challenging when hot topics are encountered or when something happens to emotionally trigger one or the other of the partners. It takes courage to confront such topics, rather than to try to avoid dealing with the issue in an attempt to reduce conflict. However, avoidance just serves to bury the issue where it can lie in wait like a landmine, risking a later and perhaps even more painful explosion. It's important for us to truly hear what our partner is telling us. It's easy for us to get so caught up in making the points that are important to us that we misconstrue or fail to hear what our partner is saying. In exercising effective listening, we attune ourselves to what we're being told and we seek to minimize the filtering influence that's created by our own attitudes, beliefs, and current mental and emotional state. Just as effective listening is important in relationships, so is effective self-expression. Our partners need to know what we're feeling what's important to us, and what we want or don't want. Such mutual knowledge is the basis for the negotiation process that enables both partners to have their respective needs met. One can't express what one doesn't know, so self-knowledge is the key to knowing what to ask for from a partner. How one communicates with a partner is important. Sharing one's desires honestly but forthrightly gives our partner a clear choice in meeting or declining our requests. Similarly, Clearly expressing our boundaries gives our partner choice in respecting those boundaries. Expressing our desires kindly and firmly, but gently, rather than as harsh demands, gives our partner the respect that they deserve. As we've just observed, any deeply connected relationship involves negotiation to address both partners' needs and desires. Fairness and generosity lie at the heart of a loving relationship. 
If we know that our partner will not try to take advantage of us for their gain, we are able to trust them and open ourselves to them. We can then feel reassured that we will not be asked to give and give till our ability and willingness to give potentially runs dry. I have certainly encountered such one-sided interactions in my own prior relationships, and the result of such one-sided energy flow has invariably been disastrous for the relationships. In a well-functioning relationship, the partners don't feel a need to keep score of what they're getting from their partner. Mutual fair treatment becomes a foundation for trust, which in turn allows the partners to relax into one another. In such a state, the love in the relationship encourages each partner to give to the other, with a focus on generosity as an expression of that underlying love. In thus going beyond the minimum requirements of fairness, the receiving partners can feel truly valued and validated. Such feelings strengthen and cement the relationship. It's probably inevitable that at some point in a close relationship, each of the partners will ask for things that are difficult or unwelcome to the other partner. What can one do to resolve such situations? One possibility is that one could dig one's heels in and push relentlessly for one's desires. Unfortunately, such a path is likely to intensify conflict and potentially damage or even destroy the relationship. As an alternative, one can exercise patience and kindness by clearly and consistently stating one's needs while giving one's partner time to process and try to accommodate our request. Such an approach does not offer any assurances that our partner will ultimately be able or willing to satisfy our request. However, it shows our partner that we respect them enough to not try to force our will on them. In so doing, we promote goodwill from our partner and concretely show them that we rely on their love for us to do their best to satisfy our needs. Each of the members of a loving couple truly wants what they believe will best support their partner's growth and contentment. When both partners approach each other with such an attitude, each partner can feel safe and valued. Such a mutual expression of love strengthens and deepens their relationship. When differing desires emerge in an intimate relationship, it's very helpful to have both partners show a willingness to be flexible in negotiating toward a solution. Again, conflict arises if we dig in our heels and insist that our partner just suppress their own desires and meet our needs. Instead, if we show a willingness to try to accommodate our partner's preferences along with our own, we draw the heat out of the conflict and reassure our partner that we are not trying to benefit at their expense. Of course, that may mean that we have to adjust what we're asking for, just as we're asking our partner to accommodate us. However, that promotes a sense of fairness and mutual respect. In that way, we can usually gain at least some of what we desire, while our partner can also feel that we're not asking too much of them. As we noted at the start of this post, relationships are often complicated and multi-partner relationships are especially so. There is no need for us to try to navigate these complexities by ourselves. We have the option of seeking help from counselors, coaches, or therapists who have experience in nurturing and navigating complex relationships. Such helpers are able to share a broad perspective with us, helping us to understand our own relationships in the context of what others have encountered before us and with knowledge of how those others have managed their own relationships. Such a broadened perspective gives us more choices in managing our own relationships. They also help us tease apart what's happening between us and our partners and what's motivating us to take the choices and actions that we do. It's always helpful to better understand ourselves and our partner as we strive to help our relationship thrive. In seeking help with our relationships, it's good to consider what sort of helper is likely to prove most useful to us in particular circumstances. 
Choosing a helper is like selecting a proper tool to do a particular repair job. A screwdriver might not be very helpful in doing plumbing jobs, for which a wrench might be just the ticket. Training, experience, and specialization are all important considerations. Our confidence grows when we know that someone has received substantial training in whatever sort of issue we're facing. Beyond training, it's reassuring to know that a prospective helper has actually used their knowledge in dealing with prior real-world problems that others have faced. Specialization gives even more confidence that a helper has done in-depth work in the particular area that we need help with. For example, a counselor or therapist who specializes in polyamorous relationships is likely to be most useful to someone who's trying to sort out relationship balancing issues between multiple partners. In selecting a provider of relationship help, it's important to understand the distinctions between therapy, coaching, and counseling. There's some ambiguity in these terms, but some general differences can be identified. Therapists are perhaps the best defined of these helpers. These workers have in-depth certified training in diagnosing and treating mental issues. Therapists are also licensed professionals who must satisfy rigorous government requirements. Therapists can be very helpful in understanding one's beliefs, attitudes, and behaviors based on one's prior life experiences and current circumstances. Those who seek to do deep dives into understanding themselves psychologically need to seek out the help of an appropriate therapist. Counselors, like therapists, are mental health professionals who are licensed. Unlike the in-depth and often extended analytic and therapeutic work done by a therapist, though, a counselor usually focuses on helping a client with narrower and more tactical mental or behavioral challenges. Counselors are often found in environments such as schools, hospitals, and social service organizations. Coaches vary in their depth of training and in their approach. There are many different kinds of coaches differentiated by their areas of focus. General life coaches, nutrition coaches, etc. Coaches are not licensed, so it's especially important that potential clients understand each candidate coach's training and approach. Coaches typically help a client to pursue life enrichment opportunities rather than addressing problems or pathology, that is, something that's broken. Coaches assume that a client is basically psychologically sound and able to work toward future self-improvement. However, there's often a need for a coach to help identify and alter beliefs and behaviors that may be impeding a client's growth and satisfaction by using many of the same psychological tools used by therapists and counselors. In terms of working style, coaches typically work in the trenches with a client in a closely collaborative fashion that includes bolstering a client's self-accountability for ensuring their own success. This working style is different from that of a therapist who seeks to remain an outside observer and diagnostician relative to the client. In our culture, we, and especially men, are taught to be self-sufficient and to not ask for help. As humans, though, we're interdependent on one another. There should be no shame in recognizing that we all need and benefit from help at times. It's healthy for us to be able to rely on appropriate help in dealing with the complexities of relationship. To learn more about Two Open Doors and to engage with our community, I'd like to invite you to visit the Two Open Doors private Facebook group, the Two Open Doors meetup group, and the Two Open Doors website and blog at twoopendoors.com. I also invite you to contact me directly by writing to me at claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, at twoopendoors.com. I'd love to hear from you, and I'll use your inputs to guide my work on future blog posts and podcast episodes. Thanks for visiting Two Open Doors.